work with one teacher and one student, and this student was age 14. And he really needed a lot of attention of the teacher. There were a lot of disturbing of classes because that was how the student gave the attention of the teacher. Yeah. And we tried to solve it and we tried to use the affirmation, you belong here. And after the teacher used it in the classroom, there were big change of this student behavior. This is Three People in Your Head, a podcast about getting the best out of yourself and others. Co-hosted by Matt Taylor and myself, Sarah Lowe's. Sponsored by the International Transactional Analysis Association and the European Association for Transactional Analysis. Our guest for this episode is Honza Simek. Honza is a provisional teaching and supervising transactional analyst in the educational field. We discuss Honza's 20-year journey from being a teacher in the Czech Republic to his transition of becoming a coach and supervisor for educators who are working towards educational reform. We also talk about why he chose to train in TA and how TA has influenced his work. Honza, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, Three People in Your Head. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, your roles, responsibilities, how you got involved in TA, that kind of thing. Nowadays, I'm, I'm a supervisor of the teachers in Czech Republic and the trainer of the future teachers. Yeah. I was a teacher of maths and physics and IT technology on the high school and the grammar school. Yeah. And that's something what is in me. And yeah, and nowadays I'm to PTSD in education field in TA. Yeah. And so how did you first come across transactional analysis? What was it that drew you to studying TA more? After I finished my degree from the pedagogy in Czech Republic, yeah. I realized that I didn't understand children in the schools. <laughs> and, you know, the math teacher and physics teacher and often the old teachers in Czech Republic in math and physics don't understand to the children and it was something that I wanted to change. Okay. And and I asked my father, who is the psychoanalyst, for help and he... Your father's a psychoanalyst? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting, okay. Psychoanalyst, psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, teacher of ethics. Yeah, and I asked him and... And he told me, yeah, we can arrange for you uh, the start weekends from my friends around the different psychotherapy fields, like gestalt therapy. And I I was on six or seven different therapeutic <laughs> first weekend, like really? day 101. Yeah. And uh, finally, one of my colleagues of my father told him, yeah, I have here the first TA training with some guy from, from the UK for teachers and you can go. Okay, I was there. Yeah. And it was a great, great TA 101 with Giles Barrow. Yeah. And I realized that the TA named and give me answers for all of my questions that I had about, around the children. Yeah. Hans, I was just curious, what was it that was happening with the children 
that was telling you there was further sort of work or study or understanding that you needed? Mm. Why I needed to understand the children. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, because, you know, one thing was the kind of a pressure from outside that I'm the crazy math and physics teacher and I want <laughs> to show the other people that not the math and physics teacher are not only crazy men in, in the schools in Czech mm. Republic. That was one thing. And the second thing was I want to do my job as a teacher really good and well. Mm. And I was in a small school with only a few children in a classroom. Mm. And there was hard social environment and I was not able to understand fully to the children and, and the environment and try to solve a lot of things like a suicide and, and wow. some drug abuses and and there was everything what I needed to solve there in my first place. Okay. Yeah, and that was something what I, I decided I need to understand more. Okay. So it wasn't, well, I'm hearing that it wasn't entirely about the education or the education process. It was about what was going on for the children at a psychological level. Yeah, but in Czech Republic, it's, it's a lot of this kind of a psychological level of education is uh, the job of the teachers. That's uh, okay. uh, often we, as a teachers in Czech Republic, need to take care about the psychological health yeah. of our children or our, our students. Okay. So it's quite a pastoral part yeah. of your work. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. So what was it that, out of these seven weekends you're talking about, what was it about TA that led you to pursuing further education in that? What was it about what you learned from Giles Barrow at that point? I was fascinated uh, by the TA because the transformation, I don't need to transform the topic, the things, the names, the, the theory into the work because it was done. Someone before me did it in TA. Gotcha. It was different because, for example, in a psychoanalyst, it was too deep, too hard to transform. What does it mean, this, and, and how I can work with dreams of my students? It's, it's useless for daily life of the teachers. Yeah. But TA gives me a really great response for teachers' daily life or needs. Yeah. Because I, after this first year, I was able to solve uh, some of psychological games in my in my classroom yeah. and, and name it and it was really helpful and then I decided I need more <laughs> <laughs> great and so this is an episode about educational TA and that's that's your field of expertise I'm curious what drew you to becoming a teacher in the first place the profession of an educator what was it about your life and your ethos and who you are as a person that led you to choosing to be a teacher is that influenced by your own experience as a as a student yeah 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 definitely uh i was a child when uh, we still have in czech republic period of the communism and there were a really strong critical parental approach for teaching and learning for schooling because the aim of the schools in that period was to to produce people as an adopted child, okay. uh, really strong adopted. And that was something what I was touched by, or it's something part of my 
culture script, what is in me. Uh, the the revolution was here and kind of freedom during this first 10 years. I realized as a student uh, or children that there were no big changes in, in the schools. Right. There were a lot of residuum or a lot of things that was no the same approach of the teachers, for example, yeah. and so on. And I thought someone need to change it. And then I was at the university and the first time decided to study the nuclear physics. Oh, wow. And in the third grade of the, of the university, after three years of study, I was not able to continue because there were one exam and I was not able to fulfill due to my dyslexia. Oh. All right. It was not about the understanding of maths, mm. but it was in a way how the exam was yeah. done. Uh, I was not able to do it uh, okay. due to my dyslexia. And then I decided to switch the university for the pedagogic yeah. teaching and yeah, and decide to be part of the change in Czech Republic, uh, to change the environment in the schools that the other people with kind of a narrow diverse people can grow and not finish their dreams yeah. as, uh, as uh, unsuccessful people. Okay. Wow. Uh, that sounds to me, Honza, like that experience in terms of its impact on you as an educator has encouraged something of the radical in you to change things and enable things to be different. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the reason why I started to take care a lot about my students. And then I tried to find some study response to my needs for to understanding to the students. And, and then I do a lot of the pastoral care in the schools. And finally, after some years, I was uh, involved in training uh, new future teachers. And mm. now I'm training uh, new teachers and, and try to be a supervisor to help the teachers to make changes in the schools. Okay. You use the word pedagogy. So maybe you could just tell our listeners what you mean by pedagogy and then describe how you're using TA knowledge to influence this transformation. Okay, uh, the pedagogy. For me, it's the way the theory and the practical uh, expertise and experience, how the teacher transform knowledge, their knowledge to knowledge of the children. Gotcha. And how to transform their competencies for new abilities and, and so on. That's okay. for me the pedagogy. Great. Uh, my TA knowledge helps me a, a lot in, in the several levels. Yeah. The one level is that we need to change from the critical parent kind of ego state of critical parent of school system to more adult school system. Okay. And, and, and Honza, for people who aren't experienced in transactional analysis, what does that change look like if the school system is moving from critical parent yeah. to more of an adult approach? Yeah, uh, that means that in Czech Republic, was a lot of the responsibility for learning of the students was on the side of the teachers and lack of responsibility on the side of the students. Right. And there were a real lack of care about the students. A lot of structure, like rules and exams and so on and so on. But okay. no one cares about the students. 
and the responsibility was on the side of the teachers. Gotcha. And what we need is uh, to to push the responsibility from the teachers to the students. Ideally, for me, it's a half and half or 100% and 100% and support a little bit of care about the students, but from the adult, that means uh, here and now to solve things here and now and what the students here and now needs. And right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is one thing what we really need. And this language allows me to show it to other people in Czech Republic. Right. And name this part of the script, what is here, and thought about how to change it. This is one level of, of this. Okay. And the second level is that TA gives me technical things, what I can teach the, the, the teachers, and they can use it in the classrooms for support to students to be more responsible. Okay. Uh, for example, the theory about the transactions allows teachers name what is going uh, during the communication between the students and between the students and the teachers. Yeah. And this allows the students to solve their own situation in adult, because if they are not in adult, yeah. not to solve the situation here and now, someone can say, hey, you are not an adult. There's something wrong. And the student can, yeah, that's true. And we can cultivate the environment, in, for example, in that way. Okay, great. That, that sounds like there's a, to time with something you were saying before, Hansa, there's a real focus on whereas maybe historic ways of educating and certainly perhaps was, you know, under that communist system was very much focusing on what the child needed to know and telling the child what they needed to know. It's a move to actually the education of the entire person that is forming as this young person grows. So it's not simply focusing on the academic knowledge that needs to be passed on, but actually supporting the child to deal with life and the struggles that come with their own learning and also figuring out what is it that they want to learn. It's sort of enabling the whole person, not just the particular academic schedule or plan, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And that's true. Yeah, this is something what we need to, what we want to here in Czech Republic do with uh, our school system, but the way is so long and, and yeah. When you described the system, it made me think of a machine, like an industrial factory where you're churning out kids at the end with enough knowledge you know, the, the idea of the Industrial Revolution and educating mm. in order that the workers knew enough to be able to fulfill their role within the factory system or whatever. And it, it sounded archaic. It sounds like when you said the revolution in the Czech Republic didn't happen in the education system, does it feel like a revolution? And how do you see your role in influencing the larger system? It sounds like you've got a big job on your hands. <laughs> yeah. It's not only my, my job, but I think, yeah. <laughs> fortunately, there is a lot of people here <laughs> who, who, who aim the same thing. Uh, fortunately, we are in one group and we are able to exchange our experiences. Okay. And, and what is uh, my role in that way is to be um, a new role model. Mm -hmm. Right. Because one of the things what is really hard here 
that there is a, not enough great teachers or a good teachers yeah. because we have our parental figures uh, of the teachers from the communistic period. I think more important is the new teachers experience other type of the teacher than from their previous studies. And, and so in some ways you're saying that you, you need to be a role model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, more people who are uh, thinking about uh, in that way that we need to be a new role models for the teachers in a good way, in a bad way. We are not uh, the best one, but hmm. yeah. But, yeah. It's role modeling a different way of education, isn't it? Saying yeah. there's, there's a different way of doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Experience of the students, their experience with other teacher uh, than have they ever uh, had in their life. It's, mm. it's to the more change than the theory. Mm. Yeah. And you were saying that one of your roles is supervision. So do you have a dual role? Do you still teach the children as well? Or are you mainly focused now on supporting and training other teachers? In this school year, um, for the first time, without teaching t- uh, children. Really? And I will... I let myself to surprise to how it will be. Mm. Uh, I'm with a contact with a student, with a children. Mm. Because one school, I have some small amount of hours consultation uh, or supervision with us with the children. Yeah. Uh, or special uh, to learning needs. Yeah. But now I'm working with the teachers and headmasters mostly. Okay. What would you say is the difference when you're working with a teacher? Because I'm always curious about the role of headmasters and, and head teachers, the, the leadership, I guess. And so what would be the difference between working with a teacher and working with a, somebody in a leadership position in a school? My work with the teachers is more about the children and their difficulties with the children and about the teaching styles and and about solving the problems, how the students learn. And and most of them, it's about the pastoral care and about the, the students with a special uh, learning needs. Yeah. Uh, my work with uh, headmasters is more about how to build the safe environment for teachers and for the children in the schools. You're talking about psychological safety. Yeah, yeah. Not only the psychological. Sometimes I need to solve the the the, the rules with them really? about leaving of these children. Last week uh, on one school, we solved with the teachers and the headmasters if it's possible to say students, no, I'm leaving from the school now, and I will go tomorrow, or if they need to attend all the classes, and yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's not only on the, the psychological okay. level, sometimes okay. it's really practical way. <laughs> right. So how long have you been in the teaching industry then since you graduated? Uh, I was before I graduated. I think it's 20 years. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you've got a good few years of experience under your belt. Yeah. Great. I, I was just curious, in your work, whether it's with people who are leading the school or whether it's the teachers... Are there any particular of the transaction analysis models that are your go-to, the ones that you find in both of those groups, this is something that you tend to be talking to them about? And depending on what that is, if you could just say something about that, again, for people who may not be experienced with TA. 
I think I'm, I'm using with uh, teachers and the headmasters a lot of uh, psycho of development uh, model mm-hmm. and affirmation model. Yeah. Uh, because I think the understanding of how children grow in a positive way is a key issue for teachers. Yeah. Um, and it's good for the students, but too, it's really good for teachers because they are able to understand what is in capability of the students in that age, what they have. Mm-hmm. For example, if I have those children to the sixth grade or fifth grade, they learn what does it mean to be in rules and how, why is the rules important? Mm-hmm. That means in students in a grade five. Uh, how old would the students be at that age? It's uh, about uh, 11. About 11. About 11, is still could have problems with the rules in the school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's normal. It, it's it's okay. And <laughs> the problem is if it's uh, around the 15 or 14. Yeah. yeah. This is something what we need to solve. And this is why is the, the cycle of development important mm. for me, for students and teachers. I'm going to test you teaching skills a bit here now so imagine i've never come across the cycles of development i don't think anyone's ever done this on the podcast so i know i'm testing you here a little bit and we can edit it out if it goes badly (laughs) or you could have two goes if you want how would you summarize that piece of theory what is it and what does it teach us yeah the cycle of development is a way how to describe the small periods in child life how they grow, and what the parents and teachers need to do to support them. Uh, And if I'm a parent or a teacher and I recognize that I have children in some age, based on the theory of the cycle of development, I'm able to choose the right affirmations and things, how to support the children in an easy way for a healthy growth. Right. Great description. Yeah. I mean, beautiful. And I think to tie in with something that you were saying beforehand, you said that what you're saying to the teachers is it's normal, it's okay. And I wonder if this is that therefore something in the cycle of development that says when children behave like this, it's not because they're terrible children, it's because they're in this stage of development and therefore they're testing these boundaries or they're asking these questions of the world. So it gives sort of permission to the educator to allow the child to be where it's at and also to understand how to support them to the next stage. If I've, Have I got that right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it allows to teachers to give a permission to parents of the children. Yeah. yeah. It's okay if they understand uh, mm. this. Yeah. You know, for example, in puberty, uh, the, the, the parents are really crazy around the behavior of their children. Where it is pure hell. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. And only one thing, what is definitely true, is that you are the worst parent in the world in that age. And yeah, if the parent can listen it from the teacher or someone else, it's something that can settle down. This is a normal part of development. Yeah. 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 As, As they say, parenting, the toughest job. And there is no manual. So these types of theories are so useful, so helpful. And you said something about the cycles of development and affirmations. 
Yeah. And I'm hearing that there's obviously different affirmations for different stages. Can you give an example from your experience of working with parents or children, how you might use an affirmation and when? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one way is that the, the teachers can support the students in their classroom with an affirmation to the particular stage of development. That means, for example, if they're age eight or nine, they're in a stage of development skills and structures. And there is a... Skills uh, and structures, okay. Because they need to develop uh, the skills and structure. Yeah. And there is a, some affirmations teachers can use. And this is something where they don't need to invent again. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. yeah. And the second thing is, I realized that the affirmation is a really strong help or the first aid for students that have a continual problem with some learning specific uh, or behavior because it is caused because they have some unfulfilled task from the previous stage of the cycle of development. And uh, if the teacher are able to use it and say the right affirmation, there is a big change of behavior of that student. Okay. For example, from last week, I worked with one teacher and one student, and this student was age 14, and he really needed a lot of attention of the teacher. There were a lot of disturbing of classes because that was way how uh, the student gave the attention of the, the of the teacher yeah and we try to to solve it and we try to use the affirmation you belong here uh, okay so that's an example of an affirmation yeah you yeah and, and after the teacher use it in the in the classroom there were big change of this student behavior and there was start of some kind of change with, uh, with okay and there was a deficit somewhere in that child's development from an earlier stage where he hadn't got that message at a deep psychological level yeah yeah yeah, yeah. ah brilliant and that started to adjust or modulate the child's behavior or sense of experience in the classroom great okay yeah i can see why you'd use that <laughs> a lot i was just curious hansa about do you find the affirmations that the leadership of the school need to give the teachers are very different to the affirmations that the teachers need to be giving the children, or are they similar? I think it's similar, and I think it's it's a really good when the headmaster used the right affirmation mm. uh, for teachers. Especially, I have a good experience with uh, new teachers in a school. Because a lot of new teachers in a school, not necessarily uh, new teachers, like uh, not experienced, mm-hmm. but if there, if the teacher is in for the first time, first year in a school, they really need a lot of affirmation from a being stage to that their needs are appropriate and they belong into the school and so on. And so not necessarily a newly qualified teacher, but but a teacher who's arrived in a new school. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they need the affirmations in order from that being stage to feel they can settle yeah, yeah. into that yeah, educational yeah. institute. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the headmaster can really strongly settle down the, this uh, new teachers in a school and can work with them in that way. And... I love it. 
for me, cycles of development is not a theory that I've done a lot of training in. Mm. It sounds great. Yeah, it's I know really John's potent. a real fan of it. Yes, yeah. I think it's really potent, and I think certainly when you simply you sharing that story of that student who needed the affirmation of you belong here. I mean, I felt quite moved yeah. simply hearing that. I think that's the beauty of the cycles of development is it's in essence is that there's a beautiful simplicity to it, which belies the impact it can have simply of somebody seeing the real need underneath the surface. And I think that's a lot of what attracts people to transactional analysis is it enables you to access a lot that's actually going on underneath the surface that's driving the behavior that you witness, you can talk to something at, at a much deeper level with young people and help them to understand that early in their lives, mm. um, which is really potent. Mm. Yeah, it makes me think of what you said at the beginning when you were talking about the various different approaches that your father was uh, leading you towards. And I, I do think that's one of the strengths of transactional analysis is that it has clear, apparent, very accessible models that you can grasp quickly and easily and there's the deeper psychological theory underpinning it and mm. you can use that quite readily that's a, such a lovely example that mm. just by being told you belong here that a deeper need is met or hunger is what came to mind you know burns hunger is about recognition and being seen from my own experience as a kid when I look back at the children that would always disturb the classes it was always because there was something going on at home where they either weren't seen or they weren't stroked using a tear term and so for the future then what do you envisage your role developing into so you've just moved from this period where you obviously used to be working with kids as well and now you're moving predominantly as a coach and a, a trainer of teachers and a support to other educators it's question for for a million pounds <laughs> <laughs> the million dollar question yeah that's right yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely don't know there were a lot of changes in my life and I know that I'm not able to watch into the future. What What is my kind of a pray for? It's um, that there will be in Czech Republic a strong community of TA educators who are able to support the other teachers in the schools. Yeah. And my dream is that uh, we will be able to part of the TA establish into the Czech educational system for mm. students. But, you know, it's dream. It's something up there. Yeah. That's great. Always starts with a dream. Isn't it? So, yeah, that's exciting. One of the things that I read in your form, the questionnaire that we give to all of the guests, you said something about a group that you're working with on a particular project. You had that at your fingertips, Sarah. What was it? The, the affinity continuum that you're working with a group of colleagues yeah, around yeah. training teachers that sounds yeah. fascinating tell us more about that yeah that's, three years ago i uh, had a chance to be part of the new project for kind of another revolution in uh, developing of the future teachers mm. in, in the czech schools uh, that was a uh, that was a charity project and we tried to to show that there is a Another way how to teach or do the training for future teachers. Hmm. We base it on the experiential teaching and learning. Mm -hmm. 
because we have in Czech Republic quite a strong tradition in experiential learning and teaching. And we develop quite a good uh, way how to work with the future teachers. And we, on this way, we need to name or be able to label somehow the processes, what our students do and how we support them. Because our aim was that we want to be able to transfer our experience to other teacher trainers. And based on this, we mentioned some that we missing the theory about developing of a skills and competency to be teacher. And from point of view of a teacher of the teachers or teacher of the leaders, mm-hmm. because there is a lot of theory about the competency model by how uh, the unknown uncompetency, known uncompetence, and so on and so. Mm-hmm. But it's from point of view of the student or the so- person. You're talking about the sort of competency, uncompetency yeah, continuum yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the fact that that's focusing on how the learner learns. There's not something to support the teacher, to support yeah. the learning yeah. of the learner. Yeah, 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 definitely. And we yeah. try to use it for our training and, and we try to combine, we try to, to put it together with Corp's uh, learning cycle but yep. yeah, you know, that was the theory in a theory with a theory. A <laughs> uh, lot, lot of theory going on there. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot, but that was not exactly our experience. And right. then we tried to find uh, names for what we experienced. Okay. And we developed something what we uh, called the affinity continuum. And it's a model how the people develop their skills as teachers or leaders and how the teachers of these people can help them or how it's visible in which stage that these people are and and how it's possible to work with them. Okay. So the question that just emerged is, if I was a teacher or a student thinking about becoming an educator, what would you say from your experience are the most important qualities of a a good teacher of children and skills or competencies? What do you think are the most important? Yeah, from my point of view, it's a competency for reflection. I mean, we were orientated and I think my experience is the same, that the good teacher is developed by reflection of their own practice. And in some point of way, there's different ways how to reflect, but I think the teacher needs to be a good reflective practitioner. That means he or she is able to reflect their uh, classes and and make the reflection with other colleagues and other teachers and with uh, headmasters and so on and is able to reflect and respond for this. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Great answer. <laughs> That's really inspiring. Very powerful. And it's not at all what I was expecting you to say, actually. I thought you were going to talk about loving children or loving the process of education, but that's very important. So one of the questions that we have often asked in the past of all our guests, why do you think TA is not so well known 
around the world globally. And you'll obviously have a perspective coming from Czech Republic, previously communist country. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know why is GA not well known in the whole world. <laughs> Maybe I can have some thoughts about why is the TA not <laughs> not very well known in Czech Republic or in the East, Eastern mm. Europe. Yeah. Um, one thing <laughs> in Czech Republic or Eastern, Eastern Europe is the, the kind of isolation till the late 80s. Uh, yeah. But we still had here some works of Eric Byrne. And the second thing is, I think from my point of view, the CTA level is to, there's a TA 101, what is the one weekend or three days or four days the course. Yeah. And there is a CTA certification and it's yeah. five years, six years, seven years. And there is other geopolitical approaches that they has shorter way and not necessary to say this is the right psychotherapist. Yeah. But I think a lot of people don't need the full CTA degree for using TA in their work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For for my experiences uh, with the teachers, uh, the CTA is too long for them. It's yeah. too hard work. And they can use TA uh, after, I think, 150 hours of, of training and experience. And, okay, there will be not a great TA practitioners in the CTA way, yeah. but can be trained really well in some topics of this. And, yeah, this is the, the reason. And when the people decide in which therapeutical way or psychological way will do this is what can be a problem yeah and especially in in eastern europe you know i'm here the first ptsda in education in czech republic yeah we have uh -huh. only one tsda from last year in uh, psychotherapy so it's very new mm -hmm. and young in... Three PTSDs in a, a counseling, and that's all. Yeah. And we, the TSDs and PTSDs who are in Czech Republic, was not able to do it in Czech Republic. We yeah. need to go outside to Germany, UK, yeah. and France, someone else. And my CTA was not six years. It was almost eight or nine years long journey. Yeah. yeah. Because... It takes a lot of time traveling and so on. Yeah. That sounds like quite a case you're making there, Honza, for a sort of practitioner level, because you're right at the moment, formal training, you kind of swing from an introductory course, which is the sort of two to three day 101, to the what's the, the CTA, which is the Certified Transaction Analysis, which is effectively a master's level qualification. Mm -hmm. And there re isn't really a formally recognized endorsement that sits between those two levels at the moment. I mean, there are diploma level qualifications, but... You're right. Are, I think this. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think in the world of psychotherapy, there are diplomas now that you can get. Yes. So you could, but but obviously that doesn't that's, necessarily apply in all fields. That's probably still even at a diploma level, a couple of years of training, and maybe there's still something before that which gives some people some level of confidence in talking about these yeah. things in in their everyday practice, which is not about them training other people to do it. It's about them being able to make use of it themselves. 
Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, for the teachers, it's it's really good to be sure that they do it in a good way. Yeah, uh, but need necessarily a lot of thing. The same thing is a, a case of my wife. My wife is a, a physiotherapist, oh, and sorry. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, in their job, they really work hard with a. Um, psychosomatics and they are as a worker in their job they want from this the physiotherapist to have some psychotherapic course for be able to apply the psychosomatics uh, approach yeah but the cta is for her too much yeah, yeah. because yeah. she don't need the necessary to understand fully all things yeah. she really need to use, for example, the, the drama triangle theory, something about the script to recognize yeah. where it's about the game with their client or yeah. something in that way, but it's not necessary to be full trained. The certification is missing. Yeah. For her. Yes, I agree. So there's something about, interesting that this is a, an episode on TA education. Yeah. Um, there's something about the education system in the TA yeah. that needs well, to be revolutionized, maybe. And I was also thinking about Hans's response to your question, Matt, around what do teachers need the most, a reflective practice. It sounds like it's a qualification at, that's about supporting the reflect, people's reflective practice. Mm. That's not necessarily about then going on to qualify to be able to teach that themselves, yeah. but enabling people's reflective practice around games or yeah. um, whichever with, theory. Yeah, with a TA framework. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Still a lot of revolution to do, Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> My life is too short for this revolutions. What's really lovely hearing about your work is it's obviously very meaningful. Yeah, yeah. You're obviously having a real impact. And it's that idea that each soul that we touch, each life that we touch goes on to, to have an impact on others. And obviously in your field of working with teachers, I mean, that's incredibly important and i can't imagine how many hundreds of children maybe thousands of children you'll be impacting through your work mm. thank you mm. it's wonderful yeah really good so just want to say thank you really honza for for your work and it sounds like the early stages in terms of the influence of ta on your national structure with education especially and so it sounds like you're going to be a bit of a pioneer yeah being the first ptsda in czech republic so i wish you all the best i'm sure that we'll be hearing about your work in the future as well so yeah thank you for giving us your time thanks hunter thank you thank you for opportunity to speak with you and be part of this lovely podcast thank you <laughs> You belong here, Honza. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. That's a great affirmation. <laughs> Wonderful. As always, if you found anything in today's episode interesting, please feel free to reach out. You can visit our website, which has lots of information and resources, transactionalanalysispodcast.com. You can connect with us on all major platforms, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And you can email us at info at transactionalanalysispodcast.com. If you aren't already, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening. Sponsored by the International Transactional Analysis Association and the European Association for Transactional Analysis. 
You can find more information on the ITAA at www.itaaworld.org forward slash ITAA hyphen membership hyphen benefits. You can find more information on IATA at www.iartanews.org. Thank you.